It's now time for your Election Crimes Bulletin with Greg Pallast. <laughs> that clip never gets old, Greg. Well, finally, the Department of Justice has finally taken on True the Vote. Have you ever heard of True the Vote, Greg? Yeah. That right-wing group behind wrongful challenge of hundreds of, are we saying hundreds of thousands of yes, illegal hundreds Georgia of votes? Hundreds of thousands? Wow. Well, Pick it up. Justice it Department jumped in today, right? Yes. So finally, the U.S. Department Monday, of Justice yeah. has joined a suit. Uh, yeah, they just joined a suit. Uh, they didn't do it themselves. They, it, finally, they, they are now suing True the Vote for its vigilante vote challenges. There were 350,000 challenges in 2020 and 21, but they were thrown out. So they passed a new law in Georgia, they, meaning Brian Kemp, the governor that, that the Wall Street Journal's endorsed for president, along with the New York Times, who wrote a law saying that because most of those, almost all those challenges were rejected, not all, but most were rejected by local elections officials. So he said two things. One, you can have an unlimited number of votes because most of the boards just said, how can one person like Pam Reardon, who you see in my film Vigilante, how can one person challenge 32,000 voters and know that those voters are illegal? Who even knows 32,000 people? But then they changed the law saying you could have, quote, unlimited number of challenges. That's in the law. So now Reardon and, and the rest of her gang and everyone, about 88 challengers, Every one of them Republicans. I'm not partisan about this. Just no Democrats did this. Just Republicans. And uh, Stacey Abrams' organization sued over the 2021 challenges. And what the department has done finally, uh, Dennis, uh, am I? I'm I'm checking my watch, but isn't it two weeks after the election? I think so. After the election, so what's happened is the Justice Department decides this is terrible. You can't stop these people from voting. And they did it two weeks after the election. This year, there were 149,000 challenges, most created by True the Vote, the same organization. Justice so far hasn't said anything about the challenges this year. We did, luckily, get the film Vigilante, Georgia's Vote Suppression Hitman, out into rural Georgia and all throughout Georgia. And we were able to stop almost all the challenges. But, um, you know, I'm glad that the Justice Department is now running after the ice cream truck and saying, wait for me, mister, and joining in. I would like to see more, though, Dennis. Well, from the just, Justice Department. We, we have some clips, one, Greg, and I want yeah. oh, to yeah. get so to let, them. But let's just play, let's play the first clip, which is Major Gamaliel Turner, who is, uh, you know, our military's expert on future warfare, and actually, which is pretty current. And so he's African-American. I need not, but I, we're on radio. I have to add that. He's African-American. He was challenged by a Republican Party official based on a list he received from True the Vote. And this is his reaction when I asked him how he felt when he was challenged. How did you feel when they said, you've been challenged? I was angry. I was fearful. I couldn't believe it. Could believe it. Not my country. Not now. Not this day and time. It was just, just hard to accept. It was hard to accept. Excuse me. He was beside himself, Warrior. Greg. Yeah. 
he here's a really tough. I mean, you have to understand this guy's a warrior, career military, right. and he couldn't hold it together thinking about his vote being taken. He's in California when I did that. It's in the film uh, Vigilante, which, by the way, you can see. And this is really, really going to be it. Free, stream it at vigilantemovie.com or just go to gregpalast.com and you'll see the widget on the right. But after New Year's, we really do have to take it down. It's free, and it won't be for free or fee after the New Year. And so, it is worthy, yeah. and it's, it is so important for the upcoming battles ahead of us in terms of trying to uh, protect the vote. It really is. The film is evergreen in that in that regard, yes. and uh, as was your last film, really, that opened the Best door to what we're now experiencing now. Amazing work, Greg, really. We're speaking with Greg Palast, yes. uh, gregpalast.com, and Greg, I, I, I want you to talk a little bit more about the amount of voting, because the, the line is that, you know, the officials in Georgia made sure they were going to have a free and fair vote, and more people voted uh, in this election than ever before, and uh, this is a good sign. I'm just beside myself with what happened with the news media. The Republican hack Secretary of State issued a press release saying record turnout and issued about seven press releases saying that there was a record turnout in Georgia and this record mass turnout. In fact, if you look at the actual numbers, it's not like they're hidden. All you have to do is click and go into the, to the actual reported numbers. There was a massive, massive plummet in the total vote, which, I mean, they all said record turnout, and, and they said the importance of that. Why is that important? Because this law, this vigilante voter law, SB202, and, S- and the vigilante challenges were just part of it. Locking off lockboxes, making uh, there was an 83% drop in mail-in ballots. In total, the ballots on the runoff went in 2021, the runoff had 4.5 million voters. This time, it went down to 3.5 million voters. That's a million ballot drop. Yes, there was a record, a record drop in voting. They made it sound like there was a record increase in voting, and every single newspaper, I mean everyone from MSDNC to Fox News, and they all said the same line, that that SB202, which the NAACP calls Jim Crow 2.0, they said the Jim Crow 2.0 law had zero effect. The only paper that had a different view was the New York Times, which actually said, get ready for this, that the Jim Crow law actually led to increased black and Democratic turnout. The million-vote drop almost all out of Atlanta. That, and so they wow. didn't even look at the figures. They simply accepted the press releases, and the New York Times based this, this idea that the Jim Crow law didn't work, didn't stop black people from voting. They, it was entirely quoting Republican officials, not any – that's it, just Republican Party operatives, every single quote – Every single number came from them. And I got to tell you, they're missing the true the vote story, too. By the way, the papers did not pick up this um, DOJ joining the lawsuit. So I guess they're whispering it out the door. We're suing true the vote. All right. Well, but let's, fact, let's pick, up, let's pick this up, it. Greg. Remind us who true the vote is, where the money comes from for this okay, uh, so, vote so suppression. So you will see there's, a, there's another clip. These vigilante voter lists come from true the vote. You'll hear one of our vigilantes in the next clip talk about Talk about that she got it from True the Vote. They're also the people behind the film, 2,000 Mules, where they say 
these black men, whom they refer to as mules, if you can imagine, and this is in our film too, uh, they refer to, they say, 2,000 black men, and they're very specific that it's black men, just, you know, they, they included some Hispanics in Arizona, but they make a point that it's black men are stuffing ballot boxes, ballot drop boxes, and of course we explode it in the film, it's BS, but here's the big problem, is that it was very effective in getting drop boxes virtually eliminated in Georgia, Texas, and other states. Now the other thing is, who's behind True the Vote? Because vote suppression ain't cheap. You know, coming up with all these lists of hundreds of thousands of names, not only in Georgia, but in other states, mostly Georgia, that's expensive. And we traced it back. I actually went to Milwaukee and traced it back to the Bradley, the Alan Bradley Foundation, which is this ultra-right-wing group of billionaires that closed all their manufacturing plants in Milwaukee. They were the biggest employer there. They closed every single plant, moved them all to China, took the money, and put it in these right-wing groups, especially True the Vote, the person that is the lawyer for True the Vote and running the Bradley Foundation is Cleta Mitchell, who was subpoenaed by Congress for her direct role in the January 6th insurrection. These well, are let's the play people. some sound. Yeah. Yeah, let's play it. So who came up with this 2,000 Mules film? It's an outfit called True the Vote. You may recall their other handiwork. Let, let me explain. Yeah, go ahead. Those lists come from True the Vote. <clears throat> Who's through the vote? They're out of a t they're out of Texas, and they work on this constantly, and they've been uh -huh. doing it for over ten years. This is the crew out of Texas that targeted Major Turner, and they're the hitmen behind mass attacks on hundreds of thousands of voters from Missouri to Pennsylvania. I hunted down the source of True the Vote's cash to Milwaukee, to the doorstep of their uber right wing billionaire backers, the Bradley Family Foundation. Now, the Bradley Foundation secretary is Cleta Mitchell. Mitchell's being subpoenaed by Congress for her role in the January 6th insurrection. That, that's her theme song. So these are the people that want to hang Mike Pence are the people that elected Brian Kemp governor through, the, through their shenanigans and uh, almost elected Herschel Walker as a senator from Georgia. It's only because of the terrific work of our partners, Black Voters Matter Fund, NAACP, the Georgia Coalition for the People's Agenda, etc. These groups fought and we got our word out and we were showing the film all over the state and we, and we got, you know, I can tell you that uh, one of the county election supervisors in Gwinnett County, which had 37,000 challenges, voters challenged, despite the law signed by Kemp, they said, you know, the hell with Kemp. We are not going to accept 37,000 challenges from right-wing fruitcakes. But it was a close vote. It was 3-2. And one of the swing voters, one of the people that voted no, cited our investigations. Now, they're facing the problem that Brian Kemp, under the new law, can also remove those election supervisors who voted not to accept the challenges so that in 2024... The GOP nominee, which in my, I'm not much of a betting man, but I'd say it will be Brian Kemp, uh, that the presidential, that Kemp can remove any voting official that makes the wrong decision. And he's already done these, removed 10 African Americans from the uh, elections ports. Like that? Wow. Do, <laughs> yeah. Does he need a reason? Or does he make up a no. reason? How does uh, he go about I mean, cleansing? Well, <laughs> he removed. The number one expert on voting in Georgia is, is Helen Butler, uh, who uh, helped found a voting rights group with the Reverend 
Dr. Lowry, Joseph Lowry, the, you know, the civil rights legend. And he said because she worked with Lowry on uh, voting rights, that she was biased. Yeah, she's biased in favor of voting rights. But as she says in our film, look, they just the Republicans want to remove all the Democrats, take control so that they can decertify election results. And she says, I won't do that. If people, however people vote, I accept their vote. And Republican, Democrat, she is certified Republican wins. But she won't go along with, with uh, a Trump or a Kemp or a DeSantis demand that they not count and that they decertify the votes. She was Morgan County or in Fulton County, which is Atlanta. That's what they want to do. That's what Trump demanded that Kemp do. And he said, he didn't really stand up to Trump. He simply said, I don't have the power to do it. But under the new law he created, he now does have the power to do it. This is really dangerous stuff. So I'm glad that justice is finally coming after True the Vote. I would also like, like them to, as you know, we had in the film, uh, Gerald Griggs, the president of the NAACP, who says, well, let's not just go after True the Vote. Let's go after these vigilantes personally. It's quite amazing when you're facing jail time under the Ku Klux Klan Act of 1871 or the Voting Rights Act or the Civil Rights Act. That's jail. What they're doing is jail time worthy. And why isn't justice either cuffing them or at least using the civil provisions to say, you know what? You want to challenge 32,000 people. How about we find you 10 bucks a voter? Because not one, not a single one was an illegal voter. So why not charge a lady three hundred twenty thousand dollars fine? That's pretty. That's ten bucks a voter. That's uh, that's low. When they when they're about to have their bank accounts empty, this is why we need the Justice Department. And by the way, ironically, the last time the Justice Department was, went after voter vigilantes was nineteen forty six, before we even had any of these strong laws, except for the Ku Klux Klan law, and. Uh, President Truman ordered his FBI to go and arrest the governor of Georgia, Kemp's predecessor, who was organizing these vigilante vote challenges against black voters. He was going to be arrested and indicted, but then he drank himself to death. That was Eugene Talmadge. So why are we moving against Governor Kemp? He's just doing the same thing Talmadge did, and Justice Department found that illegal. We have new laws that make it illegal under several new laws as well. I'm happy that justice is finally, uh, you know, slowly waking up to this issue, Maybe. and that's great. But, my Maybe. God, we have laws. Let's go enforce them. Greg, the DA, we've talked about the case that the DA of mm -hmm. Atlanta is uh, uh, pushing. Uh, we have seen at the federal level that the attorney general really seems like a scared rabbit. He's now thrown it off to a special prosecutor. Maybe this guy has got something going. Uh, we're hoping that he's going to do some kind of prosecution. But do you think that this case in uh, Georgia still holds weight, will still move forward? Because certainly it's got some of the key players ensconced there. Well, the good thing is that the Justice Department is not allowed to direct uh, Fannie Willis, the prosecutor in Fulton County, whereas when you have uh, not only special prosecutors, as we know from the disaster under, uh, under Comey and others, that if we have special yeah. prosecutors or federal prosecutors, as we had in New York, that the president or the Justice Department can yank them out and tell them you can't bring this case. Uh, Fannie Willis is beyond the control of the president or the attorney general, so she can act purely on the evidence. 
One thing you need to know is that I expect her, her grand jury to, to recommend indictments, but they need a second grand jury, believe it or not, to actually bring the indictments um, if the, ev- the evidence is there. I think one of the problems will be that I, if I were one of those fake electors that agreed to go along and say, put my name in as an elector for the Electoral College, even though I never ran, those people signed papers which clearly committed fraud and mail fraud. I, they, they, we, you know, there's no question about that. So they're in hot water. The question is, can Trump get away with saying, well, I listened to this lawyer Eastman, so I thought it was legal. I mean, one of the problems would be proving that he knew it was BS, and we would have to rely on the fact that his own presidential counsel told him in front of this lawyer Eastman who said, you can pull off this stunt and make yourself president again, because his own counsel said in front of Eastman, "Do you? is there a single court? which backs your interpretation of the Constitution. And Eastman said, no, I don't think so. You know, the courts will probably throw it out, but by then you'll be, you'll be elected you know, back as president, and there's nothing they can do about it. So did Trump understand what was going on? Is he, gonna, he can play stupid and maybe literally get out of it by, by pleading stupid. And, and that's a very real concern for any prosecutor. Greg, how do you anticipate and say from where the next voter showdown, because this is certainly only the beginning of the battle for the vote. How do you expect to see this unfold uh, in the next election and the one after that? Well, I see it going in a few places. Number one, obviously Georgia is going to be, once again, a swing state. And, and if Brian Kemp is running for president, all eyes will be again on Georgia. When I was in Georgia, we had quite a contingent, including uh, a congresswoman, Jasmine Crockett, from Texas. A lot of Texans in there because they said, we're here to see how they're pulling off this suppression of the vote stunt here in Georgia because we know Texas is next. Whatever you guys come up with in Georgia, whatever evil, we'll have it next in front of the Texas legislature. And, And we already saw that with the closure of drop boxes in Texas. As well. Then we move to Arizona, which still has a Republican uh, legislature, which is, you know, continually tries to pass vote suppression bills. So it's a question whether a governor will stop that. Michigan, I'm very concerned about again a Republican legislature and a very very weak uh, governor who does not stand up to vote suppression. Gretchen Whitmer, she's not strong on that at all. Does not want to protect a lot of black votes because it may threaten her own position within the Democratic Party. Uh, Wisconsin, you have the terrible situation of a um, of a very right wing gerrymandered uh, Republican legislature, and of course Ohio, which really should be a swing state. Uh, we've just seen some of the worst voter attacks there. So I'm, I'm looking at I'm looking at Ohio, Arizona, Texas, Georgia, and of course the list goes on. But those were uh, are the states I'm I'm going to be concentrating my investigations into. You're listening to Flashpoints on Pacifica Radio. We're speaking with Greg Pallast. We're talking about uh, elections, the ones that just happened and the ones that are coming up. And uh, we definitely can see showdowns based on, the, I guess, the model that now Georgia has set in terms of the kind of laws that really work against people of color, poor people, working class people, really against Democrats, let's face it. So, yeah, and um, you got the the problem is is that is that their path is covered by the media, which is why I appreciate flashpoints so much because 
if you if the story out of Georgia is that this SB 202 with its vigilante voter laws and no drop boxes and eliminating souls to the polls Sunday, etc., that there was no Jim Crow effect, then there's no grounds for fight back. Oh, it's easy to overcome. Look at all those lines. What people didn't understand, the media was playing the long lines as, as examples of people fighting for their vote, and it all turned out right. Well, Warnock, remember, squeaked by by about two-tenths of a percentage point, just a fragment of percentage point, against Herschel Walker, roundly considered by the Wall Street Journal, said they couldn't have picked a worse candidate. And yet, Reverend Warnock, the incumbent, squeaks by by two-tenths of a percent because wow. they had a million-vote drop, and, and, which is unreported. And the long lines, the long, it was horrible. Did you know when, on Election Day, there are these long lines, and kids are out of school, so their mothers are, are taking their kids. They're standing in line for an hour. Barbara Arnwine, the professor, great, the, probably the, the number one uh, law uh, expert on voting in America from Columbia University, she was there. And she said, broke her heart, she could not hand people an umbrella to cover their kids or themselves standing in line, because that's a felony crime in Georgia, to hand someone an umbrella while they're waiting in the rain. And she said it was just heartbreaking. And and this was but, but Greg, I heard on CNN that I heard on CNN that most lines were fifteen twenty minutes. Oh well, you, got you that know wrong? when you look out your window from the from the thirty fifth floor of the CNN building, it, the lines are not very big. I'm not kidding you. They don't leave their building. I don't see these people. They'll send out a crew nearby, and God forbid they should go down to Coffee County or to Valdosta or Columbus or Gwinnett, where I was, and you into these sundown towns. If people don't know what that is, it means black people in, under the law in the old days could not be on the streets after sundown. Today they're still afraid to be on the streets after sundown just for their safety. I went to Coffee County to show the film Vigilante. There are Confederate flags at the county line, and in front of the courthouse you got the big Confederate soldier statue. Everyone knows what's going on here. It's terror. It's a type of terror against voting. And then, of course, Brian Kemp, on top of it, has been going around this kind of catch-and-release program of, of arresting black and Asian-American voting registrars and saying that they're committing voter violations. And then he releases them without ever charging them, or they have a quick trial, and, and the juries say this is nonsense. But they terrorize people and they, and into not registering voters. It's, this is what's going on, and this is what's spreading. I only made a film about Georgia because, hey, I live in Hollywood. I don't have to go to Georgia. I don't have to go to Coffee County. I do it because I know whatever happens in Georgia is coming to, a, as Martin Sheen says at the beginning of the film, coming to a state near you. So see you at com you know, if you want to see it. GregPalance.com. You know, I, when I was investigating church burnings, I learned that just about every racist southern uh, city has a clan shop. And you can go into the clan shop and you can, you know, I, 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 it really took me a little while to understand the difference between the, the Mississippi flag and the clan flag. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah, so things haven't changed. That, uh, yeah. And, and what's on. happening, though, is, is that the more sophisticated methods of vote suppression are going to Wisconsin and Minnesota and Ohio and Arizona, whereas in Georgia, it's kind of in your face. It has that Klan tinge, 
like I say, this vigilante voter system was actually created by the Ku Klux Klan, handed to uh, Governor Talmadge, their candidate, and uh, that was what was implemented. So, you know, it has its sources in Klan strategies, but it, be, it gets literally whitewashed and presented as good government to in Wisconsin and Arizona. We're just trying, trying to uh, um, chemsize making voter fraud difficult but voting easier. A million votes were lost in this runoff. That doesn't make wow. voting easier. And there is no fraud. He has not caught one illegal Georgia voter, not one in his 12 years of talking about voter fraud. Right. Not That's one. where we should, we should leave this because we're out of time. Greg Palace, gregpalace.com. Incredible work. The film is still extremely relevant. Check it out. I'm Dennis Bernstein. You're listening to Flashpoints on Pacifica Radio. Mm-hmm.